You are Locked On Browns, your daily Browns coverage, part of the Locked On Network. I am not Jeff Lloyd or Pete Smith. I know, crazy. I don't sound like them, right? This is Scott Mason, the host of the Play Like a Jet podcast. You can find my podcast, if you like, over on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else where you can download podcasts. So you may be asking yourself, why is a Jets fan on Locked On Browns today? Well, very simple. The Jets were in the market for an offensive tackle leading up to the 2020 draft. We knew that they were going to go after one of the top four tackles, whether it was Mekhi Becton, who they ultimately got, Andrew Thomas, who went to the New York Giants, Tristan Wirfs, who went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or Jedrick Wills, who ended up going to the Cleveland Browns. So I spoke to beat reporters who covered each of those four tackles and did full film reviews with my friend Joe Blewett, who does incredible film breakdowns. So I had these episodes, and Jeff's a buddy of mine. I called him up. I said, Jeff, I got this great content about Jedrick Wills, tons of fantastic information that I thought your listeners on Locked on Browns would like. What do you think? How about I give it to you, and you can use it on the show? So that's what we're doing. Today, you're going to hear my discussion with Travis Ryer, who is a radio show host down in Alabama and Tuscaloosa, but also is a senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. He shared with me a ton of incredible insight from his years covering Jedrick Wills in Alabama, and I thought now that I would share that with you. So this is my conversation with Travis Ryer. Travis, I want to ask you a lot about Jedrick Wills, and we'll start with what I always start with, which is when I say the name Jedrick Wills, what's the first thing that pops into your head? I would say power, finishing ability. I know that's more than one word, but I think that's where it starts with Jedrick. And it's really what became obvious very early on in his Alabama career, even as a true freshman. Uh, He got some work both at guard and tackle a couple of years ago. And that was the one thing, the first thing that really stood out is that this guy plays through the whistle. Uh, He's especially effective in the run game, but he has developed quite nicely as a pass protector. And if you're looking for more along the lines of a right tackle type, that you can get behind and get yards and and convert short yardage and goal line situations. I think Jedrick's perfect for that. But again, I I think as a pass protector, he's, he's come on nicely here in the last year or so too. One of the things that stood out to me about Jedrick Will's background is the family that he comes from because his mother was a star basketball player at Eastern Kentucky, his father a basketball coach. So there's a lot of athleticism within the family and there's a major interest in sports in the family as well. It's kind of strange that he didn't end up playing basketball, right? Because he came from a basketball family. What do you know about that? Why he gravitated towards football instead of basketball? Well, he's from the state of Kentucky, so that's obviously going to be a factor in just about (laughs) any household up there when you talk about hoops. I mean, hoops in Kentucky is what football is in Alabama, Texas, uh, Georgia. You know, you kind of name it once you get south of the Commonwealth. But uh, he, he has more of the body type and, I think, the mindset, again, that suits football a little bit better than hoops. Um, you know, he is stout, uh, he is extremely strong, uh, and again, he, he is nasty when he needs to be. And this is a guy who doesn't have any problem uh, finishing guys uh, and, and doing it with emphasis. So, you know, he has that athleticism that you like, uh, but again, I think for him it starts with sort of that 
that nastiness and that mindset that he wants to dominate guys. He doesn't just want to get a stalemate or, you know, get a, a, a win by decision, I guess you could say, on the judges' cards. He goes for TKOs. <laughs> uh, you know, and two years ago, he, he led Alabama in knockdown blocks with 50. So, uh, he, he's, he is a, a particularly dominant force, um, and he's only going to get better. That's the thing. Um, you know, this is a guy that I feel like there, it's a safe pick in the top 15 or so of this draft, especially with this offensive tackle depth. If, you know, he somehow falls to you down in the double-digit range, 10, 11, 12, 15, uh, that's, a, that's a nice place to be able to get this kind of uh, talent at the offensive tackle spot. You mentioned that he's from Kentucky, and he was leaning heavily towards staying in Kentucky and going to school there, but instead opted to go to Bama. What do you think it was about Alabama that made him want to go there? Obviously, we know that they have the storied history. They've been winning all the time, and Nick Saban and all of that, but... Being a kid who grew up in Kentucky, and as you said, all his roots are there, how was he convinced to leave Kentucky and go to Alabama at the last minute? I think there had to be some consideration for the big picture, which is the National Football League. And, you know, when you looked at the recent run that Alabama had been on at his position specifically, Cam Robinson, you know, an early round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jonah Williams, a first round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals, um, Alabama has very much developed this sort of tradition, not only at offensive tackle, but pretty much every position across the board with the exception of quarterback. And it looks like they'll rectify that with Tua in this draft. But, um, you know, Alabama has had a nice history of going up into the state of Kentucky. You can go back to Sean Alexander uh, mm-hmm. in the mid-90s. Uh, he's a Kentucky native. They were able to go up there and get Sean Alexander and, uh, we know what he was able to do as a running back, both at Alabama and the National Football League. Um, Damian Harris, also, more recently, another running back from the state of Kentucky, had a really nice career here at Alabama and was drafted by the New England Patriots last year. So uh, they've had some success up there, uh, and it's something they continue to try to work, not only in Kentucky, but you know, sort of that region up there. You get into Ohio, but I would think for Jedrick, again, when you talk about, you know, the the development and the sort of pipeline that Alabama has had to the National Football League, this is probably exactly what he envisioned. And it looks like it's going to play out in a very similar fashion as it did for Cam Robinson and Jonah Williams. Tell me about his progression, because he came in as a freshman, played a little bit, only started one game and then blossomed over the next couple of years to the point where now, after his junior season, he's, as you said, a top 10, top 15 prospect. Talk to me about the evolution of Jedrick Wills from freshman year all the way to where he is now. Yeah, it was interesting because during that first year, there was not question, but it, it was there, were, there was interest in, is this guy ultimately going to be a guard or is he going to be a tackle? Because we saw him work inside some. Um, but as that freshman season sort of moved along and came to a close, it became more and more evident that in 2017, as we worked into 2018, he was going to be a tackle. And for him initially, there, there wasn't much in the way of opportunity because Jonah Williams was kind of winding down there um, as a tackle. You also had Matt Womack, a veteran who started every game at right tackle 
uh, in 2017. So it was more about awaiting that opportunity for his window. And that kind of presented itself in 2018. And now that's when he took over at the right tackle position. It's interesting enough that Alex Leatherwood, who was widely regarded as a very likely entrant to the 2020 NFL draft before deciding to stay for a final year at Alabama, had Alex Leatherwood working at right guard in 2018 with Jedrick Wills uh, at right tackle. So those two guys came in together. And then as you got into last season, Leatherwood kicked out the left tackle and you still had Jedrick Wills on the right side. And, you know, there was some question about maybe they would flip Jedrick Wills to the left side, but they kept him on that right side with Tua being a left-handed quarterback. Uh, he was able to accumulate some of that blind side tackle experience. And, um, you know, I, I just think – I think as much as anything, like a lot of young offensive linemen, they show up at 6'4", 6'5", 320. Physically, it's not as much of a jump for these guys. But in terms of technique and, and being able to, you know, bend and do all those things, that's where you start separating a lot of these guys from the time they step foot on campus – to the time that they, you know, try to make that jump to the National Football League. And that's probably the areas where, uh, excuse me, Jedrick has made the the most improvement and where he's probably, uh, you know, validated himself among NFL people. You mentioned the idea of Jedrick Wills being a guard, and that was something that was passed around for a while. There was buzz that some teams might view Wills as a guard. And then you talked about him potentially playing left tackle, but he ended up playing right tackle to protect the blind side of Tua. He talked at the combine about the possibility of moving to left tackle at the next level, says he believes he could do it and he's willing to work towards that goal if that's what a team wants him to do. What do you think, having watched him, could he play well at guard? Do you think he could play left or right tackle, or is he strictly a right tackle? I think ideally he's a right tackle a plug-and-play right tackle uh, beginning with his rookie season, I have no doubt he can play guard. And that's why I think his floor is you know, pretty high. Obviously, you don't want to take him somewhere around six or seven and then he end up being a guard. But if that is the case, I think he can be a really, really good guard if it, if it comes down to it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's as much importance – as much as there was in previous years about the left tackle, right tackle thing. Um, and it's a comfort thing as much as anything. Some guys are just more comfortable, you know, playing the right side versus the left. It's not even so much about skill set um, as it is just a, a feel to them that it, it feels right to them and it's more instinctive and natural. Uh, I think Jedrick's shown you he's, as far as the right side goes, he's pretty much a natural over there. And, you know, you can you can do some things with him athletically, too. This is a guy you can get out in space, pull him out, um, you know, get him out in front of the quick passing game, uh, you know, the, the outside run game, those type of things. So uh, it's not, I don't think, as much an athleticism question. He, he's, he's not the classic left tackle body type. I, I would agree with that. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that, by all means necessary that that kind of sums up Jedrick <laughs> when it comes to getting the job done he he figures out a way to to uh excel regardless of where you play him 
Travis, tell me a little bit about his relationship with Nick Saban and the coaching staff. Did they have glowing things to say about him? Is he an easy guy to coach? He seems to be. You know, he has gone through a couple of coaching changes at his position, a name that's very familiar up there in, in your neck of the woods, Kyle Flood, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> former Rutgers head coach. It didn't end so well for, for Kyle, as we know, up there at Rutgers. But um, that was – Jedrick's position coach in 2019, Kyle Flood. And before that, he worked under Brent Key, who moved on to Georgia Tech. So, you know, he's he's been through the transition of different voices and different maybe approaches uh, to offensive line play. So I would think, you know, making that transition from that perspective to the National Football League shouldn't be much of an issue. He is very well-liked by his teammates. I've never heard anything negative about Jedrick from a coaching staff perspective. Uh, He's dealt extensively with the media here in Alabama, which, as you know, compared to the Northeast, this is the NFL down here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're you're hit with a lot of requests, and and Jedrick has always been one of the favorites of the Alabama beat. So, you know, just in terms of sort of the – the intangibles and the the extracurriculars that go with being a pro, I think he's in he's well placed even as a third year guy in terms of maturity and being able to handle those type of things. I think he'll he'll do well with that. Obviously, one of the most important relationships any offensive lineman can have, particularly somebody who's playing tackle and maybe expected to protect the quarterback's blindside, is the relationship with the quarterback. And in this case, Tua Tagovailoa is the guy that everybody would look at as the star quarterback in Alabama for the last generation, really, because as you said, the one position that Alabama hasn't really generated a lot of stars is quarterback, and Tua sort of changes that equation. And Jedrick Wills has had to protect his blind side. What do you know about the relationship between those two? You know, they came in together. So I think that that junior class, man, when you look at it, Tua, Jedrick Wills, Henry Ruggs III, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier McKinney on the defensive side. That's a hell of a class when you look back on it. And, you know, I think that one of the things that on the offensive side that those guys had the benefit of was that they were all second-team guys in 2017. Crazy as that sounds right now, but Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback in 2017. Um you know, you had uh, Matt Womack and Jonah Williams as your offensive tackle. So, you know, Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills were more second-team type guys. Henry Ruggs III, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, as crazy as that sounds now, weren't starters in 2017. So they all came in together. Most of those guys came in as early enrollees. Najee Harris, the running back, was also in that group too. So they were able to develop a bond quite quickly. And I think that's a big reason why when more than a couple of them were called on late in that 2017 season with an emphasis on the national championship game against Georgia in January of 2018, that's why they were able to produce uh, like they did, you know, when Tua came off the bench in the second half of that Georgia game. It it shouldn't have been a surprise that he had – you know, a connection already with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III and Devontae Smith uh, because they had had that 
worked together from the time they had come on campus. So I don't think there's any doubt about it. When you just talk about Jedrick and Tua and, and those guys that were a part of that 2017 recruiting class, uh, they bonded quickly and, and quite successfully. Travis, tell me a little bit about Jedrick Will's personality, because as you know, the Browns have a player in Baker Mayfield who seems to be a bit of a lightning rod with the media, and so that's sort of what he's jumping into here. How do you think he would hold up? Do you think he'd be okay with that kind of attention? Yeah, I haven't seen anything that would make me think that that Jedrick wouldn't be able to hold up. Now, again, you know, this is still a young guy we're talking about here, similar to Quinnen Williams. You know, I, I would think it would be a, a similar type of interaction that you would see with Jedrick from that perspective. And um, speaking of perspective, he, he seems to do a good job of, of keeping the, the, the main thing the main thing. And so, you know, you don't know for sure until you put someone in that type of frying pan, as you outlined for us there. Um but again, there's there's really been nothing to sort of signal that, you know, Jedrick, while maybe not ultra comfortable initially, wouldn't be able to hold his own just fine. One thing that's been a bit of a criticism of Jedrick Wills from some people who have broken down his tape is that he tends to have an inconsistent motor. Everybody knows that he's got great technique and he's strong and he's quick, like you were saying. But it seems like sometimes he takes plays off and that can lead to trouble from time to time, which is something that Browns legend Joe Thomas has pointed out, although he has also said that he doesn't think it's anything that can't be corrected. Is that something that has drawn some criticism in Alabama in terms of Jedrick Wills and his overall level of play? And is that something that you saw as a persistent problem down there at all? I haven't heard that as much down here. Now, they had penalty issues mm-hmm. last year. I, I think, you know, if you want to point to something that Jedrick, and he's not alone in this, the entire Alabama offensive line by the end of the 2019 regular season, you just go back to the fourth quarter of the Auburn game, uh, it was it was a mess. I mean, false starts and understanding you go into places like Auburn and it's it's loud and it's tough with the crowd noise, and that's going to be the case obviously at the next level too in the NFL. But, you know, I would point to that from a, uh, from a, you know, a, a discipline standpoint, if, if you want to look at something with Jedrick, I, I think his motor's been fine. I don't think you accumulate 50 knockdown blocks in a season if you're kind of coasting, you know. That speaks, to, that speaks to someone who sort of brings it on a snap-by-snap basis. So, um, yeah, I think just maturity in general, man. I mean, again, you're, you're talking about a, a three-and-out guy here. So, you know, he's obviously got work to do. I don't think anyone is, is making the case for Jedrick Wills being really anything close to a finished product. But if he can clean up some of the, the pre-snap stuff, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be fine from that perspective. But the motor thing is – it's not something I really witnessed. Now, if you if you want to qualify mental lapses as a motor issue, I guess, you know, we can make that leap. But in terms of what happens – post-snap and once the whistle blows <laughs> uh, this this is a guy that to these eyes anyway um di- didn't have an issue there Travis you've been covering Alabama football for a really long time so you've seen a ton of excellent offensive linemen come in and out of the program where do you think Jedrick Will stacks up with some of the top guys wow 
that's tough because just in the Nick Saban era, you know, we've seen guys like Andre Smith early on go through here. I mean, you've had a, a, a bushel of first round picks, um, DJ Fluker, Chance Warmack. That was at the guard position. Um, and you've had some really good linemen here that didn't really do much in the National Football League. Barrett Jones, in terms of decorated offensive linemen in the Nick Saban era, he's at the top of the list. I mean, this is a guy who I believe made – he made at least all SEC at three different positions, center, uh, tackle, and guard. So, you know, and then you get into the more recent guys like Cam Robinson and like Jonah Williams. Uh, Jedrick is – he's in that group, uh, I would say for sure. And it's a pretty prestigious list. And I would I would have him in the, you know, top five or six overall. Uh, again, understanding there have been guys who weren't high draft picks like Bradley Bozeman. You know, you're seeing Bradley Bozeman right now flourish as a starting offensive guard for the for the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, you, you got to consider the the multitude of, of players that have been good up front for Alabama. But you know, I think Jedrick's upside in terms of what he can be in the NFL when we talk about all those guys, just in terms of upside, he, he's a I would put him in the top three or four of those guys, but just overall right now, uh, he's definitely a, he's a top seven guy. You know, if you have, if you consider seven guys, your rotation on the offensive line, he'd be in that rotation. Is there a specific system that you think Jedrick Wills is best in, or do you think he can excel in pretty much any system? You know, if you're, if you're zone read heavy, I think he can fit just about anything these days. I know, I think I don't think Jedrick's exclusive to a particular style. Um, again, more so because of how I project his upside. Do I think today you want to put him in a pass first, pass heavy, and sort of leave him out there a lot with some of the, the edge rushers you see on an every down basis in the NFL? There aren't many guys I would say that would be the smart move with going into the National Football League. But in a couple of years, I think he would certainly – he will certainly be able to handle more of that. So, you know, the easy answer is more of a balanced approach. Uh, but for right now, I like him uh, probably more so in, a, in, a, in an offense that, you know, first and foremost is going to look to get downhill. I think he'd be great. I think in time he'll, he'll be fine regardless of the approach. You think he'll be a good fit with the Browns? If the need is offensive line, um, I think if you're looking for a potential decade guy at the offensive tackle position, and if it doesn't necessarily work out like you would like at offensive tackle, maybe you, you're able to still move him inside. Um, you know, you want value. If you're going to take a guy at that spot, you're typically going to take an offensive tackle. So, of course, you want that to to be his his home for a long, long time. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd feel comfortable taking Jedrick just really because of, of everything involved. The guy wants to be good. He's physically talented. Uh, he's got the right demeanor. And again, the upside is is still out there. The ceiling is not low with this guy. I, I mean, it, it may be more restricted to the right tackle than left tackle. But as a right tackle for a long time, uh, I, I like the upside a lot. 
That'll wrap up my conversation with Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com. Hope you learned a lot about your brand new tackle. I think he's going to be awesome. And he and Jack Conklin should be a tremendous tackle duo to help bring Baker Mayfield's best out of him again this year. His third season as a Jets fan, I'm hoping that Mekhi Becton does something similar for Sam Darnold. But I think that you guys are on the right track with Jedrick Wills and obviously Travis was very high on him too. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate Jeff and Pete letting me do this. Again, if you want to listen to my podcast, Play Like a Jet, you can find it anywhere that you can download podcasts, Apple, Google Play, the whole shebang, and at turnonthejets.com as well. Seven days a week of Jets content, just like you get here with the Browns with Jeff and Pete. Thanks again for listening to your daily Browns fix, Locked on Browns, part of the Locked on Network.